and, you know, bring them into Christ. I mean, because everything's an appointed time. But it's just because in this building, they'll get an exposure of the presence of God. See, the presence of God is with you if Christ is in your heart. You actually walk with a measure of the presence. As we work at our salvation, our presence does what? It keeps growing. It keeps growing. The person on this row has to realize that they even have God's love with them. And they're not out to get punished. He's just trying to push them along, grow them up. The people who are in this row, we call this the rebellious row, because as you're moving the glory from glory, the more light, the darkness gets tighter, because as the light is pressing, that darkness gets more what? Resistance, because it's an influence. An influence can influence you if you're a person who gets angry all the time, and you're growing in Christ. Guess what the evidence is that you're walking out your, your life? People come and want to make you what? Angry. Why? Because the enemy sees, enemy doesn't care if you're saved. He cares if you're growing up in Christ. Because when you realize you have the dominion of the earth, then he has a problem with you. Because that means he has no, he has no dominion with you. He said, see, God, he has it down where he needs us in the world to know what our dominion is and to be in relationship with him so we can succeed in the things that he, we put our hands to. If you're, um, if you're in lumber sales, if you're in your cleaning company, whatever your different company is, and you commit that to God, and you say, you show me the way, and he starts showing you where you, you start taking steps, guess what the evidence is that you're on the right path? You get a million attacks. You get, and how do you get attacks? They're called, they're called adversary, the tempter, and the opposition. See, God wants us, the Holy Spirit gives us peace. But how do we know we're moving to dominion? Boom, an adversary comes. Tells you you're doing your job terrible. Okay, how many times have you gotten worried about something in your job because somebody accuses you of something? Okay, everybody in here has been accused of something. If you grew up with a brother or sister, you got accused of something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, my brother, I'm one of six and we, we would fight. But it says, before we can see the fruit of the dominion, we have to recognize and know how to discern how to pass through the adversary. How do we pass through the tempter? How do we pass through the opposition? Let me tell you something. You have to go through it. That means when it's coming towards you, you can't run around it. You can't avoid it. You can't skip over it and say, well, I'm just not doing that today. Oh, that person's going to be there. Everybody's had a person that you just don't want to be around. Or you have God. I love this because these are God set up moments for you to gain an increase of Christ in you and an awareness of what your vision is, what he has for you to do. So the first thing you're going to hit, the moment the soul gets a grip of that first verse, like today, you'll leave. I have dominion over the fish. I, I can see some of you guys out in a private moment calling fish to your boat, right? <laughs> but you have to, we, when you believe that you have received that dominion, then your words have power. But if you don't really believe it, you're practicing. You're growing in it. You're growing in it. So, but the first thing that's going to happen is the adversary. The adversary comes. It is a test of love with God. He sets us up. He doesn't tempt us, but he knows that if we're growing up in him, 
He already knows the devil is going to come to steal, kill, and destroy the exposure that you've already had. So the adversary comes to steal, kill, and destroy the word God has revealed to you. He comes as a distraction. Hey, you get a big account at work. You sit down to do your job, and then all of a sudden your phone rings. This happens. Somebody had this emergency. Kids sick. How many times you really were working on something that you knew was like awesome, and then you got in a, a, a distraction? How many times you get up in the morning, and you really want to see God, and then everybody's got a problem that morning, and you never got to sit down and spend time with God? See, the enemy, how do you know your heart is right? The first thing that comes is a what? An adversary. And an adversary wants to come kill, steal, and destroy your, the thought that God's having you marinate. See, the only way to mature in the body is you've got to meditate on the word of God. And then you become the word of God. And then you gain another measure of him in you. And so we have to remember that in that second row, when you realize it's real, that's when rebellion hits him because the darkness wants to get you distracted. The darkness wants you to miss that time with him. The darkness wants you to miss the deal or the, or the client that God has sent to you. Because, I love this, I've been working with um, uh, Karen, and um, the moment Karen started getting on path to what God's job was for her to do, God sent her a client that and she's doing work and not getting paid. I, when she came in and she was just like, this client, she does all the cleaning for our real estate and she has her own company. She had another client. She's not getting paid. Well, that's not God. God will have you give and make decisions about your percentages and things that you get. But if that means that that company that she was cleaning for was actually keeping her off track to another client, which was us coming into her life, if she was too busy for that client, she missed the treasure of what our clientele have. And hasn't it been awesome? Now she had her time freed up because now she went from, she went and she did it right. She sat down and said, I need to get paid. If I can't get paid, I can't do any more of this work. Do you know what I mean? Well, the moment she set that line, boom, it's like a flood came through our office and she gets paid every time. There isn't a delay in her pay. Do you see what I'm saying? See, there are things the adversary wants to come and get you distracted. And then how does he use distraction? Guilt. Oh, oh, I feel terrible if I didn't do that. See, our yes and our no. The word says, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Anything other than that is of the enemy. Okay, so if you can't make a decision about something or about a client, or you're going, being tossed to and fro, who's involved? The adversary is involved. The adversary is involved. So that means when the adversary is involved and you can't say yes and you can't say no, you say nothing. You do nothing and you wait. I do this in negotiations all the time. People run, oh, they counter offer this. It should be blah, 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 blah. Wait. Wait. You can read the buyer. You can read the seller and you can tell which one's working in what kingdom. But I know if it's God, if I know we negotiate every deal and it's God, guess what? That deal's going to close. I mean, they've watched it in this office. If it's not God, we test it back and forth by using God's principles back and forth. And if it's not God, then we don't want it to go through. I don't want to push it. I'm not going to make it get to where. But there are times God will still use your energy that something the world can't think can close and it will close. You have to discern the God in it. It's not always how things, our power is not what we see in the natural. 
Our power is what we see in the spiritual. All right? So I want to see our senses are not to be used for the natural. Our senses are to be used for the spiritual. That's a hard thing to learn. It takes time. You have to get the word of God in you. And like the word says, make your yes, yes, make your no, no. Anything else on that is of the evil one. How many people knew that verse? If you didn't know that verse, start using that verse this week. I guarantee you. Go out on your job. Subdue the kingdom. Let somebody challenge you. And then just say to yourself, okay, can I make my yes, yes, or my no, no? Or am I just doing this because of guilt? Am I doing this because this person's condemning me? Am I doing this person because they're making me feel worthless and I want to prove to them I'm not? Man, when you start getting into that, you enter into another realm. And that's what's called the snare of the enemy. He takes you right off and you just, and when he's doing that, okay, this gets me so excited. When the adversary comes, no, this is how it is. When it's coming down and it's pulling you away, guess what's sitting right next to you? God. The thing, the client God had for you. Rachel could spend all this time working a client. And if I know that client, it's not, it's, it's just running her ragged and it's not God, but it could be God, but it's whatever we discern. I try to tell her, scale it down, step back. Because guess what the difference between God and the enemy is? God is patient. The enemy is impatient. They are impatient. When the impatience comes, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. Stand still. Make your yes, yes. Make your no, no. I'm not saying if somebody's rude to you, say no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying discern the right move. Because the adversary wants to get your time wasted like her on a client that wasn't paying her. When a client that's willing to be paid and give her just as much work is waiting. Do you get this? Isn't that awesome? Doesn't it make you excited to think about that? That the moment you get snared and you feel guilt, condemnation, worried, anxiety, you just entered into the wrong kingdom and you missed. But guess what? What's awesome? We never really miss anything in God because he hovers it. He leaves it right there. It's just delayed until you realize because you're going to get tired the other way. And when you get tired, the shift happens. Then God brings what you were supposed to get and brings it right to you. Now, isn't that awesome? That is a strategy to use in your negotiating skills. All right, the second thing. So that's the adversary. So 1 John 2, 5. Put 1 John 2, 5 up there. Oh, wait, I didn't read that one. Hold on. 1 Corinthians 4, 2. It says, for the kingdom of God is not in what? Word, but in power. The kingdom of God is not in, in word. It is in power. It's the power of the word he gives you. But it's not in your everyday words. If Our idle words have no power. Our words of God, they have power. Go ahead and put 1 John, 1 John, 1 John 2, 5. This is going to tell you about the adversary. It says, but whoever keeps his what? His word, not your word. See, our word, did you notice how the one was, it wasn't his word. It was our word. In this verse, it says, but whoever keeps his word... Truly, the love of God is what? Perfected in him. But by this, we know that we are in him. That means if you're keeping his word, let my yes be yes, let my no be no. Anything other than that is the evil one. And and you actually stand on it. And you actually are being challenged by that. And you do it. Well, then truly, the love of God is in you. And truly, he's got to do something to bless you.
because you just stood on his word. I remember the first time I witnessed Rachel use the yes by yes, the no by no. And she was actually dating a person and the person broke up with her, but yet he still wanted to hang out. And she was like, no, I shouldn't hang out with that person anymore because I'm not his girlfriend, right? And so Jean gave her this verse on a piece of paper. She kept that verse in her pocket. So every time he'd say, hey, you want to hang out? Well, Rachel would say, I don't know, maybe, but then she learned the verse, make your yes, yes, and your no, no. And every time she'd read it, she put it back in and boom, that, that was done. And then God brought her another relationship. You get what I'm saying? Like he didn't waste her time in that relationship. So, cause our emotions get into things. All right. So that's what this says. If we actually follow it, the love of God is in us. An adversary pushes you around. Come on, Chris, stand up. If I'm Chris's adversary, I become an adversary. Chris, do this. I push him around, right? Oh, get that done. Do that, right, okay? I love Chris. <laughs> I love Chris because that's what the enemy does when he pushes you around, telling you, telling you, telling, do this. You better do this now, blah, 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 blah. And there's no faith in it, then it's not God. And I watch people in the spirit actually being pushed around. You see people in business being pushed around the enemy because they're good people. Okay. All right. You're going to be my next one. All right. So the next position is, no, not now. Sit down. When we get to tempter, when I get to the tempter. All right. So now if you pass the adversary and you stand on the word of God, the one he showed you now, guess how you know the next evidence that you're walking in your right path. See, Satan doesn't give up. And if you know Satan's strategy, then you know how to win in him. Okay, so if you pass the adversary, the next test is going to be the tempter because the tempter wants to break the grace of God. The tempter doesn't want you to experience the power of God. And remember, grace is an unmerited favor. Grace is an unmerited. You don't deserve it. God just wants to give it to you. Do you believe the word says our God wants to give us every good and perfect gift? And here we got people believing God wants to punish them. God's only trying to get something to us if we'll go through something. See, everybody's going to have to go through trials, tests, conflicts, because when you go through it with his word, he is going to bless your socks off. All right? So the second, how do you know you're really, okay, the second level is the tempter comes. The tempter comes so you will turn the other way and take something that looks better. The enemy comes like a light. Okay, so now, if you can't push Chris around, I can't push Chris around, all right? And Chris doesn't move right now, so let me push you and you don't move. Stand still. So I'm pushing him around, right? The enemy's pushing, and he's standing on his word. Say, make my yes, yes, make my no, no. Make my yes, yes, my make my Right, come on, do it, do it, do it, right? Okay, now he stands, and, I, and the devil has to back away. And he goes, oh, he's not gonna, he's gonna, I gotta think about this one. All right. So now you know he's getting ahead in his game because now the enemy goes into second gear. He goes into tempter. So now he comes, hey, Chris. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, this is really good. So the tempter starts to dance around Chris. Chris, you're so awesome. Chris, I really need you to do this. Could you get this done? The tempter comes knowing what he thinks. So if he's really into his awesome shirt today, the devil knows that too. So I can say, Chris has an awesome shirt, you know? Yeah. And then what? You start engaging, right? And then he cut, he's right. 
It says the enemy comes like the enemy comes like a light. When it's temptation, he comes with truth masked in a lie. Okay? When Jesus was tempted 3 times, the the devil came with him with what? The word of God. But Jesus had to know the word stronger to not fall. come on, boys and girls, we've all had it when a girl dating You know what I mean? When there's flirting going on, you better stop (laughs) because you don't know if it's the right one. Do you know what I mean? Because the enemy wants to feed our flesh, even in a deal. What's our flesh in business? Money. God wants us to make money. Money is a tool. You can sit down for a second. Money is a tool that God has divided to help steward the earth. And he looks for those who will listen to him and he will bless them with money to help steward the things of the earth for the kingdom of God. So God doesn't want people busted, poor, not having something. He wants everybody successful. And every time he gives you a challenge with money, he's only testing how you'll steward money. So if we're only in our jobs to get money, you're missing it. Because God wants us in sowing and reaping. He wants us to sow what he shows us. Then we're, he's going to take care of it. I told you I got a sale, three people. And one day I was doing a lot of things that God was showing me to do because I had wanted to be debt free. Because I read in the Bible, we're not to have any debt. When I read that, I felt the enemy started making me feel convicted. We're supposed to own our car, own our house, own everything we have. And if you commit it to God, he'll get it paid off because he did it to me. In one year, I owe nobody but to love them. And how he did it was me following his instructions and worship every day. And the story is powerful. And when people, it's like, it is a strong testimony. If I had more time, I would tell it. But the beautiful thing is I heard in worship that he would have me debt free in one year. Well, I started writing down all my debt. And that seemed impossible. I didn't make the money to get that off debt. But then when I followed his instruction, and let me tell you, the adversary came thinking the word was wrong. The tempter came, things trying to get me to buy things, get into other debts, make me think, oh, you need to have that. How many people open up a business and say, I need to go get a business loan? You know what I mean? Well, really, if it's God's business, he'll provide for it. It says in his word, if it's my will, I will give you all the prosperity you need to do your job. But now because we're in the earth and we tend to yield to the things of darkness, not even knowing their darkness. So nobody should feel bad if you have a debt in here, but get excited because if you're hearing this today and you seek the scriptures, he can make that debt disappear just like that. I am a living testimony of it because he does it his way, not the way you think it should be done. And Rachel lived with me through that whole experience. And it's an amazing testimony. Rachel says, I will never have debt. That's right. You don't need to have debt. So But God still uses it to help people grow into the stewardship. People will learn from it. So the tempter comes, so you will turn the other way. And he comes as a light with knowledge. He dances around you, James 1, 12 through 13. He dances around you. If I've already become debt-free, right? Then if I really want something, the temptation of what's going to come? Somebody to convince me to get a loan, go buy a car, go do this, go do that. Well, if I've already been delivered and healed and have no debt, then the test is going to come to try to get me into debt, which did happen, but I didn't choose it. 
I have a car out there that God brought me free and clear. A business person bought me a car because I gave up my Mercedes. And then I ended up getting a Mercedes given to me free and clear from a man in business. Now, come on. And that's because I was feeling tempted to go out and buy a car and go get a loan. And I remember thinking, I'll drive that company truck. Hey, how many of us drive the company truck, right? But then how many people in here have gotten a free car from God? In our company, God has brought one, two, three, four, five people, six, I forgot Rachel, all have gotten cars just handed to them because of following biblical principles. I mean, it's so awesome when it happens, but see, it's not about getting the car. It's about overcoming and understanding the word of God and applying it in your life. And if your heart is just right, and he knows you're not going to take the temptation, you're now very close to receiving what you need to have. Every person in here who raised their hand, they need to have a car to do their what? Work. The word says that every man shall what? Work. But now if you want to prosper in your work, you've got to prosper being in the will of God. Rachel should have gone to college. The Lord, Rachel comes to me one day, Mom, I'm not going to college. I'm supposed to be a realtor. And she hates real estate. She hated real estate agents. She really did. She grew up with me. She grew up with me. She didn't want to be a real estate agent. She comes and says, Mom, I want to be a real estate agent. I almost fell down. It was not my plan for her life. It wasn't my plan for her life. It was God's plan, but the moment she chose it, it's like everything is lined up for her. And that doesn't mean she doesn't have the adversary. Yes, the adversary attacks her very much so. The tempter comes to tempt her, but she's learning. I'm using that as an example because each and every one of us has the potential to be in their will of God. And in that will, he says, I supply all your need. The word says, I will give you everything to prosper you, not just your needs. When he gets you, that you can trust him on the needs, then what he starts doing, he starts giving you your wants. See, but first he's going to get you to trust him in your needs. The word says, I supply all your needs. Well, you can't even get the desires and wants until you start getting the fact that he takes care of your needs. Okay. And that's the clothes you wear. That's your shelter. That's the things you eat. You've got to trust that he will supply, supply, supply. How many people are afraid to have kids? Because they're worried about, I'm not going to have enough money to raise these kids, right? We have Drew. Uh, Drew Drew did not want to have kids. Why didn't Drew want to have kids? He was like, if I have kids, I don't. I, that means I have to support them and I have to think of money. And he came in the ministry one night and um, it was said to him, he would have a lot of kids. And you should have seen his face. <laughs> but it says that if he would raise them in the kingdom of God and with God, that he would never let him lack any supply for those children. See, people have to believe that. We're not to live on the welfare system of the earth. We're to live on the welfare system in God. All right, so James 1, 12 through 13 says, Blessed is the man who endures what? Temptation. We all get tempted. We live in a world full of what? Temptation. He has been, it says, for when he has been approved. So when he has been approved, that means if the Holy Spirit is in you, you're going to be what? Approved. Don't ever think you're not going to make it. All through his word, he makes the words in a statement already outlining your success. So everybody in here is going to pass the tempter. You will do it because it says, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who what? Love him. That's spending time with him. 
Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. See, God cannot tempt you. Only the devil can. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So when Christ is in us, the temptation has to do with the residue that's still being worked out of us. Do you know what I mean? So the person in this row sometimes falls to their temptation. Hey, if you are into materialism, it has to buy, 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 buy. I say take a month and don't buy anything. Go in a store and see how many people like to buy a little knick-knack. Do you know many people that just have to buy a knick-knack? It starts when you're a kid. Mommy, mommy, right? You know, my answer to Rachel was always no. <laughs> but when we get into that pattern and you know that's a pattern that you're actually buying things you don't need, t- try it 30 days. See if you can actually go for 30 days and not buy something and test where's your heart, okay? You'll watch yourself be in rebellion. Hey, I, I, I did. I heard... Um, In prayer, the Spirit was really directing me not to drink coffee anymore. How do I know that? It wasn't because I heard the words, don't drink coffee. There was an impression. Our spirit has impressions. How many of you had the impression when you knew not to do something and you did it and then you knew something was telling me not to do it? Okay, God. (laughs) God already has it in our system to teach us wrong from right. Okay, we want to yield to that, to the goodness in our spirit. But then our rebellion kicks in and does what we want. Well, I had an impression that I wasn't to drink coffee and I was drinking coffee like three times a day. I love coffee. Well, then it was really hard for me not to go. I go buy McDonald's. Oh, it's like the car already knew how to go through the drive-thru. You know, I mean, this is just two years ago. I, it's like the car knew, you know, and oh, it would be so hard because I would feel the conviction that I know I'm not real supposed to have to buy. I'm having it today. I'm having a mocha with the, with the fluffy stuff on top and syrup, right? I'd even go worse. <laughs> I would just usually, I just get a medium coffee with six creams added. Boy, but when I heard I wasn't to have coffee, I wanted the mocha. I wanted the, the whipped cream. I want, you get what I'm saying? Who was hitting me? The tempter. The tempter. The tempter was making me have it what? All. How do you know you're on the right path? You're getting what? tempted. You're getting tempted. How many people have had a client in business sit right in front and you think they're going to order the biggest order of something or they're going to just be the best loan and they're telling you how good they are. They're telling you, yep, I got this. I got this. You pull their credit. You pull, you're like, ugh. Okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? But that's not saying that the person can't buy or the person you're not supposed to approve them, but you got listen to people's voices. And hear the things. You can even hear faith in somebody. You can have somebody that's going to do something good, and they really don't have the capability to do it, but you hear the faith. And I'm going to tell you, Jesus already shows us, if you have faith, faith can surpass anything. So you got to be able to hear those things. The tempter comes so awesome, he wants to get you off the track. But you have to remember, it's not God tempting you. It's the evidence that you're in his will. Do you get it? So how many people want to be tempted today? Yes, because if you're being tempted, that means you're in his what? Will, and he's maturing you to know how to hear him. Do what he says. Say what he says. I mean, it's, also, it's crazy. Carrie had a client that was going to build a $1.5 million house. We brought him in here. I'm sitting at the desk. I knew this guy wasn't going to build this house. I, I just knew it, but I sat there because we're a team, and I definitely discerned this guy's not by Peter. His name is Peter, and he sat there, and... 
All of a sudden, they were pushing him to sign the contract, pushing him to sign the contract, but I, I, ugh, it just wasn't right, right? But it was still God. See, that was what was so awesome. If I, if I was of myself, I'd be telling the guy here, take the contract home, read it, let me know if you're going to sign it. <laughs> I would have given him the out, right? But he signed it. He bought a piece of property to go along with it. And then all of a sudden, three months into it, can't do it. Can't buy the house, can't do anything. Now he gets stuck with a piece of land. But it was God. Because he paid for the land in cash. He paid for the land in cash. Another buyer comes needing a piece of property. And it's that man's property. And that man had a debt on something else. And we hadn't seen him for like a year. We call him up. Hey, you still got that property? Yes, I got somebody who wants to buy it. Who wants to build on this property. And he's like, great. Well, he comes in. He, his face looks shot. He needs God. He already was saved, already followed through, but he needed to hear a word of God. This man, if Carrie was here, it would have been awesome. We sat in the table. He sat there. I saw it. And all of a sudden, it bubbled right up, a story about a king. And I said the story, and I'm telling you, the column of God falled in the conference room. And he is like, but I'll never be able to, we, we, the story told him instruction. And when I told the story, he said, how am I going to do this? I can't do this. I said, you can do everything through Christ that strengthens you. There is some reason we met a year ago, and this lot is going to be a piece of your debt conciliation. Well, then he did. He went home. He was able to release the lot and got a whole debt paid off that was more than what that lot was. But they accepted it. Do you see what I'm saying? In our walk, doesn't mean everything's immediate. Give me the pacifier. Give me the bottle. You know, give me a temper tantrum. Sometimes you're meeting somebody for a result or a fruit or an outcome that could be a year down the line. It could be two years down the line. But God's going to set your path. So sometimes what we see, I saw in the world, this guy's not going to buy this. I just, I just knew we weren't going to build this house. But what God was doing was establishing a relationship because God is all about relationships. He was establishing a relationship for something greater. And I still got a sale out of it. Isn't that awesome? I still built a house on that same piece of property, but didn't, it wasn't through that person, but that person got delivered and got healed and got blessed with something of God. Isn't that awesome? That is, that is God working in our businesses. And that's what we teach here, how to train to reign, have dominion. Okay, third thing. The third thing is, okay, so if the tempter comes, we already know what he's like. Now it's the opposition. All right, if you've passed the adversary, you're not being pushed around. If you pass the tempter, nobody's going to give you the uh, whipped cream on top of the latte, right? Okay, you got that down. Now you have the last one. And the last if something is opposition, I'm going to tell you the difference of opposition. Opposition is when you are being influenced from the outside, but you have no doubt on the inside. See, when the adversary comes, you have darkness on the outside and you have doubt on the inside. But when the opposer comes, it comes hard like bumper cars. You ever know how it feels to get hit by a bumper car? It can take your wind out, but you don't move. And so when a bumper car comes to hit you, but you know the truth, you don't move. And when you stand still, God has to perform his power within you. He has to. It's a power in you that's immovable. God is immovable. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee. The word says God is immovable. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee. Jesus is our sanctifier to set us right in position to be immovable. That's Jesus' job. 
Jesus came to show us the way, the truth, and the life, how to be immovable so God can work through us. So it's so awesome. If you right now are experiencing an opposition and you know, you know, you know it's a lie, then you know that the victory is right standing. You're about to breathe in that blessing. You are about to touch that blessing because when you have no doubt, but it is so dark, then that's it. That is, that is the winning play because you're not going to move. You're not going to have doubt because you've already passed the other two tests. I love the opposition. When something is, I was the opposition before that guy about signing the contract. I almost became the opposition. Even though my spirit knew this guy wasn't going to build a house, I still needed, he needed to sign that contract so he could buy the lot so he could have his deliverance a year later. Isn't that funny? So you have to, we can't even, I can't see things in the world. I've got to see things by the spirit. And each and every person in here has been used as an opposer, not knowing it and not meaning it. You know, we could say to somebody, you're crazy if you're going to do that. You know what I mean? You're crazy if you're going to do that. How many people have heard that? That's a dumb idea. How many people's wives have that's dumb, right? Come on. Usually it's a woman that's saying that's dumb because we think we know it all. You know what I mean? So I'm, seriously, right? We're the ones saying that's a dumb idea, right? And the whole time a guy's like this, just be quiet. I know I'm right. <laughs> so our relationships through things are oppositions. There's times I watch it when Rachel says something to me and I immediately want to tell her that's wrong. I have to pause and wait because believe it or not, God speaks through her. And there's times she's right and I am completely wrong. Okay. This is where we humble ourselves. There are times we have to humble ourselves in business because just because we have God doesn't mean we're the know-it-all. God said, I'll only give like these two are married. She'll give, he'll give you something in part and give her a part. And now he's going to, you're going to now be yoked like two oxens. How are you going to work together? Do you know what I mean? Because God's going to make two and make them one. And every marriage, every relationship, a partnership, every, if you have a boss, I don't care if he's saved or not, you got to work with him. Do you know what I mean? Steve, is that your boss? Right? <laughs> is that your friend? But I'm laughing because... You have to work with that person. And it doesn't make a difference if they're saved or not. If you want to read about it, go to Peter. And Peter tells you, how do you work as a slave and how do you work as a servant? A slave is working what? For love. A servant is working out of love. Okay? If we're truly serving somebody, we're not looking at how bad or what the situation is. We're doing it out of love. If you're a slave or an orphan, you're working for love. That means you are looking for the, 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 you're looking for the uh, supply and demand. You're like, hey, if I do this, I get this. But see, God says work out of love and sow the right things, sow the right words. Do you know the word authority in the Bible says? The authority of God is a person who has the ability to edify another human being in Christ. That's, I want the authority of God. I want to be able to walk into a room and edify people right where they need to be in their plan. Not because, not because it's going to benefit me, but because it's going to benefit them. And then God already has already other reaping for me later. Do you know what I mean? But it doesn't mean it's coming from them. See, we have to think differently. The world teaches us, if you do this for me, then I'll do this for you. Now you're a slave. You're an orphan. We want to be his friend we want to be his servant. We want to move and do the things he has. So let's re the opposition comes right before you're about to receive the victory. 
the word that God gave you when the adversary came is the word that will set you free. 1 Timothy 6.20 tells us, he tells us, this. we have to walk through the word. It says, 1 Timothy 6.20 says, Oh, Timothy, this is Paul teaching one of his disciples, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. We can learn a lot of knowledge of things, but if there but what the truth behind it is what's important. People can educate us every day. Don't even believe anything I'm telling you. Go home and read the what? Bible, read the word, because the most important thing to our success is the revelation of the word, not the idle babblings and contradictions of what other people are saying. You go and get the truth yourself, and he'll reveal how it applies to your day. And it's so beautiful because guard what was committed to your trust. How do you know you've become a friend and a servant of God? He actually starts revealing things to you before they happen. He really does. He starts revealing things to you before they happen. He may not tell you the whole story, but he'll give you something. In fact, in this room, all I can tell you is Steve Weech. I had a vision. When you spend time with God, you'll get dreams, you'll get visions, and you need to write them down. Don't look to have to understand them. Let God reveal them to you. Well, I had a dream in the end, at the end of this dream. I saw Steve Weech. I don't even know him. I saw this man. I saw two blonde daughters behind him. And I was showing him a condo in the dream. And then I said, here's my daughter's card. Use her. Boom, that's it. That was the only part. But now there were five other segments to this dream. The most powerful thing is three of the five segments have already come to pass. Rachel asked me, she goes, Mom, can you show somebody a townhome in Yellow Bluff? I go, because she's working. I meet Steve. And I, I was like, I know that face. Where do I know that face? Well, I saw that face in worship. Okay, well, we're talking, we're talking. And the Holy Spirit came in the kitchen. We could feel God, you know, and we're talking. And he, start, he said, and he starts telling me some things. We will walk outside. I said, do you have any kids? Not even thinking of my dream. Because I wasn't sure. I knew his face, but I hadn't really picked it. And he says, yeah, I have two daughters. Shows me two blonde girls. And then it just, that's when it really took me. And then at the same time, I'm handing him Rachel's card. If you have any questions, call Rachel. Just like the dream. Now, what was the purpose? I don't know. We're, we're walking it out. He's now doing sales for, he's doing stuff for us over for the construction company. But we're stepping it out because the purpose is God has a plan. But see, God doesn't tell you everything about that plan. But he gave me a vision. He, he showed me, it actually, that little segment of time played out. So now there's something of God in it for God's will in whatever. We just have to be able to stick with it and walk it out day by day. Most amazing thing that have happened to me, the Lord showed something to me before it happened. There was a deal. We were supposed to, be a, we were supposed to build a big house. And in the dream, we're looking at this house, and Gene is saying to me in the dream, Lee, I don't know how they got a permit to build this house, but the builder who's building it is doing it a beautiful job. But I still don't know how they got the permit. He said, and he kept saying it, I can't believe that they got a permit. I can't believe they got a permit. Well, we're in the dream. All of a sudden, a storm comes and knocks down the house, right? And the house was on Tybee Island. We get this bid to build this $2 million house on Tybee on a bunker, right? Well, then all of a sudden, we have a meeting and not even thinking about this dream. I'm not even thinking about it. We're sitting with our bankers, 
And he goes, hey, what kind of work are you guys doing? And Gene's like, oh, we got a big one on Tybee Island, about $2 million. And Gene goes, yeah, and I just don't know how they got the permit. Ugh. Right? I couldn't even say anything in that meeting. But it's the way, Gene, it's the way he said it. I don't even know how they got a permit. Ugh. It hit my, it hit my spirit. So I just wrote it down really quick, right? The guy leaves. I'm like, oh, my God, Gene, I don't think we're supposed to build this house. He goes, what do you mean? I said, you need to find out what, why it took him so long to get that permit. I said, remember the dream? Why did it take him? Well, Gene's like, hey, I'm going to find out. We didn't sign any contracts yet or anything. But do you see how God gave one piece? Okay, and the whole time the guy was looking for another builder. And this house is being built right now. But we didn't, it wasn't for us. Do you get what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that house is going to blow down. You know what I mean? I'm not, but what it means is it's not a job that we were to take. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't a job we were to take. And so we didn't deny it. We kept bidding it, walking it out slowly. We did it very slowly. And then he ended up using somebody else, which was good. If we would have gone to fight for it, that means it could have been a problem for us. And in the dream, it said, Gene had said, the person who's building it is doing a good job. But it's, when it showed it coming down, that means, the storm means something is going to happen about that build. It doesn't mean the house will tear down, but there's going to be a storm for somebody in it. But at least it wasn't going to be what? For us. And we feel confident that we didn't take on that job. But yet, because that job could have gotten us onto something, missing something else that's God. Do you get where I'm going on this? Discernment is the thing God wants us to learn. So if you have an adversary, a tempter, or an opposition, and you're spending time with God, that's how you stand in an opposition and don't move. God gives you something. So here, you know, Steve's trying to say, hey, you should use 84 lumber. <laughs> I was like, we're using Gaster, right? You know, why would, we, why, would we, why would we change lumber companies, right? But then I was thinking, okay, his face came before me. So we brought, the, we brought them in, and now we're giving him jobs to bid, and we're seeing what we can do because we're walking it out and seeing what is God's purpose. Isn't that awesome? Like, I'm immovable on it now. No, we give, we're going to give Steve every bid. Now, whether we use it for everything, but we're going to give him every bid because there's a reason why. So you have to walk it out. And so then you know God will show up, and what it will be will be God. And, so, and that's where we all really want to be. We want to be in a place where we're not just listening how many, how many business classes have you gone to? And they tell you the secret success on how to make your business successful. Hey, every company that's an, a nationwide franchise has their theory and formulas to make something successful. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But the true success is going to become on how to discern those things. How do you discern through those things and know that it's God and know that it's successful? So we're going to end with this. We are all called to be glorious sons and daughters of God. If you're a son and daughter of God, you're experiencing the adversary, the tempter, and the opposer. And on the sheet I gave you to take home, you have other verses that you can read more and take all this in more. You know what I mean? And give it to God. You're not going to understand that chart completely. And I give you verses on the back. Because remember, the power is in us to speak the word of God, and it shall perform within the measure of strength we believe it will. And on the back, I gave you verses. And the verses are, because now you're going to leave here today, and I'm going to guarantee that everybody's going to have an adversary, a tempter, or an opposition, right? Okay, so now I'm giving you verses to meditate on that when that happens to you, 
you speak one of these verses and you say, Jesus is your victory. The first one says, beloved, don't think it's strange, the fiery trial, which is to try you as though something strange has happened to you. Do you know what I mean? So when you start hitting something, everybody, you just need to find a Bible. All you have to do is say, God, show me something. You know what I mean? But I'm giving you something to take home now that if you leave this in your car, I'm telling you, and you have a moment in your car, you can pull this out. You start meditating on the scripture. You read it out loud. Confess it with your mouth. I don't, you don't even have to think you believe in it. Just start reading these outs. I have heard your prayers. I have seen your tears. I have inscribed you in the palms of my hand. Your walls are continually before me. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He promises every single one of us this. You start reading that, then let me tell you, look at the bottom. It says, when Satan embanks you, everybody read the last sentence. Everybody. Everybody. Right. So when you have to reach for these, I am telling you, God is trying to show you something and you start rejoicing when the adversary attacks you. You start rejoicing when you feel the tempter dance around you. You rejoice when you know you know now the way. When that opposer comes, you are immovable. We're going to end it with this verse, which is awesome. I want you to keep in mind, we will never have dominion until we have mastered love. Jesus, Jesus' name means God is with us. He was called Emmanuel. So if God is with us and Jesus is his love gift to us, Jesus was God's harvest to us. He sent his only son to show us the way, the truth, and the life of what real love is and the real movements through the earth. So if we can study him, then we know that we are going to, we are stepping every step, gaining, mastering love in us because it says love conquers all things. So love conquers all things. Jesus is the love, the true love of God, not love the way we have it defined. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not rude. Love bears all things, believes in all things. Love endures all things. That means there are things we have to endure with Christ. And it says we have to die to our old ways so he can bring us in his new ways from the inside out. So it's important for us to know that Satan sends the adversary. Satan is the tempter. Satan is putting the opposition to try to get you to hand over the power God's already given you. So if you know the word of God, the power of it is already in you to speak it out loud. Satan needs to hear you say those scriptures in your car. Satan needs to hear you say, you can send me a fiery trial, but he's already given me the strength in me to overcome it. And you know what? When I first started with this, I would say this stuff. I didn't believe it. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I, I, I got this paper. I started getting sick when I started reading the Bible. I started really getting sick. I got a fever. And Rachel, I never got sick. I started getting fevers. I started experiencing things. So in this book, we, we had healing scriptures. I laid in bed with a fever, reading the healing scriptures. And Gene C.E. Hall, my partner, he calls me, he texts me, and he says, hey, how's it going? Are you feeling better? I put no. <laughs> and he said, are you reading the scriptures? I said, yes, they're not working. <laughs> See, that's a, we don't endure. We don't endure with God. You know, I love telling these testimonies. I was like, no, they're not working. And then he said, keep in big, bold letters, keep 
reading the scriptures out loud. I'm going to tell you, I kept reading them out loud. I kept reading them out loud. I was, and I started crying. Why do you cry? When you start crying, that you know that is the sign God has now entered in. When you have moments where you just cry, men, women, I don't care. Men need to become criers in their private time. You cry. God now just entered in. And the tears are pushing out the darkness that's not God and filling you with his light. And then it was amazing. I was reading the scripture. I just kept crying. I started crying. I felt something lift out of my body. I felt something lift out. And I have never been different. I've never been the same for them that day. I used to always have a little pain here after I had my appendix taken out. When that lifted out, I have never felt that pain. I have never, I mean, it's powerful. God's word is power, but it's only power when it's spoken. So now this week, I really want everybody to commit with me that this week, when you experience an adversary, a tempter or an opposer, you're going to pull these scriptures out and just, even if you're just whisper them, but speak them out in the atmosphere. And you now have subdued and you have subdued that opposer that's trying to attack you. If you're in your car and you're speaking these out and you believe that Christ is in your heart, let me tell you that has to, the adversary has to lift. He can't touch you. The tempter has to move away. The opposition has to lift the moment you read those out. And then I'd love to hear testimonies of anybody has the experiences because it works. It's the way he moves. Let's just end with this nice positive scripture. I just want to remind everybody this. Put 1 Peter 1 9. 1 Peter 1 9. Remember, God wants to build your faith. He builds your faith one word at a time. It says, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. There is an actual, every time you get that word, your yes means yes, your no means no. Every other, any other word is of the evil one. Every time you apply that word and it works, when something works, you actually what? Believe, right? So now anytime you're not making a yes or a no, you start confessing that verse. Now you have actually received the end of your faith in that word. Because faith is what you can't see, but what you believe. But then now faith comes to an end when you actually believe it, see it, experience it. And, it, and, and that word works for you every time. It says now the salvation of your soul that one part of your soul is eternal. It's always going to be eternal. It's going to work every time. Get what I'm saying? That's powerful. So if you know your yes is yes and your no is no, and if you can't decide it's the enemy and you apply that and you experience it, now faith in that, you don't have faith in that word anymore. You know it works. Our faith can come to an end one word at a time, and then you just build a power in you. That that works every time. That, that word becomes eternal. Because he not only promised us, the word says he promised us eternal life. But he also promised us life more abundantly. One word at a time. So praise God. Was this good for everybody? Okay. I want to thank everybody for coming to Train to Rain. And we're going to end in a prayer. And there is a bag lunch on the back for you. And um, what is that? Oh, and then there's just a little survey that we fill in because we're actually applying for this program to be funded. And um, so if there's a bag lunch for you to take, and I appreciate everybody's time. Did you all enjoy it? Yes. Okay. And what's the time check? Okay. Exactly. That's awesome. All right. So let's just pray. Um, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you with our whole soul, our heart, and our body. 
Lord, we just thank you for the gift of your son that you sent into the earth to fill our hearts with life, love, and truth. Lord, help us to open up our hearts and open up our ears and open our eyes to discern you out in the workplace. Lord, help us to know the right things to say. Lord, help us to know our yes from our no. Lord, help us to trust in you. And Lord, help each person in here know that with him in them, that they have dominion in the earth to say and do the things God has willed them to do. Lord, I also ask for everybody to just pray and ask the Lord to show them the truth of their vision, the truth of their job, the truth of what to walk and do. And Lord, we just most of all ask for everybody in here that if they do not have Christ in their heart, for them to receive Christ in their heart and to accept them with the fullness and knowing that he has the plan of their life to be full of prosperity, supply, his answers, and his protection. Most of all, we have his protection when we're walking in his will. So Lord, if somebody in here doesn't know the will of God, I just invite him to ask. And I know that the Holy Spirit will start revealing them to you. So Lord, we just thank you and we honor you and we glorify your name and we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right. It is 11 o'clock, so I want to kind of get started because we open up with just honoring God. The first thing we do is we we play one song. Um, Train to Rain is a program that we've had people, this is our fifth year doing it, and people, business people come in and rotate in and out. They get principles to apply into their business, and this is our fifth year, and this is the year we're teaching about the movement and how we move through our day move with our family, move in our careers, and know how to get to succeed and have dominion with God in us. So um, before we enter into our teaching today about advancing the kingdom of God from within, we are going to just honor God, take some time and honor God. So if you all stand up, please, we're going to play a real kind of fun new song that we found this week. Actually, Jean did. And, um, and just clap. <laughs> um our cleaning business and it's going well it's amazing and um yesterday i had a really really huge day it was my first um um inspection that i had to do um for one of their um renters so i had already set my day up i had a new cleaning customer at 11 o'clock and i had to meet with that inspection at 9 um 9:30 so <laughs> We are set up, our neighbor comes and he needs a ride, so we let him borrow one of our vehicles. He takes the BMW that I'm working out of, the brakes got messed up the day before, but he took the BMW, I didn't know. I come out, so we're like, we're ready, we have a big day. And I come outside and I'm like, where's the car? So the car is gone, all my supplies are gone. I'm freaking out, I call him, he's like, oh no, I'm on my way to Liberty. I'm like, Liberty, Liberty County? So, like, so I'm standing there. I'm like, God, okay, this was supposed to be a perfect day for us. I'm supposed to meet not only this person for the inspection, but I'm supposed to go and do this new house for this new client. So at that moment, without Jesus in my life, I would have sat down and cried and not known what to do. And I said, you know what? I'm going to call, and I'm going to reschedule everything around, and everything's going to work out. And it did. I called Barbara, 
And she was like, Karen, don't worry. When do you need me to get there? I said, you need to get here like at nine o'clock. I need to get that done like really. She's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. No problem. Got there. We drove to Liberty. I had a spare key. We transferred all the equipment from the car. And I kept that lady that I was supposed to meet. I was with her texting back and forth. And it was so much peace in my heart. And in the car, I wrote this. And I'm not going to read everything, but I'll read the, the last part of it, okay? Yes. It says, only your words bring light to the deepest and darkest place of my soul. You tell me that I am clean when the world tells me that I am dirty. You lift me up when I am down. Give me grace when I fall. But more than anything, Father, you teach me through trials and tribulations how to build up my faith in you. You have shown me that it can be that it can happen when the circumstances of the world are showing me otherwise. This morning, I was excited to be here. I got sick. I was feeling sick. He was feeling sick, his stomach. It was to the point where, you know, I mean, we can do it next month. We can make it next month. But there was something in me that I want to be there so bad. I don't know what this is about. I know it has to do with God, and it has to do with business. And, you know, I'm all about God, and I'm all about business and growing. So I need to be there. So I went and knocked on the door in the bathroom. I said, baby, you're not feeling better. You can stay if you want. But in, in the back of my mind, I'm like, if he's feeling really sick and he's not going, I'm going. So I'm going to have to leave him. So just wanted to share that. And God is good. And yes, yes. And I just wanted to share this because I didn't know that she was going to talk about when circumstances of the world are showing us otherwise, we have to close our eyes and have faith in him and know that he will deliver us and that he will bring the work and that he will bring us um, through whatever it is, through the circumstances. And I'm living it. I'm living proof of it. So thank you. Well, and the, 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 the neat thing about Karen is Karen was one of those days where Jean left the office. This is we met Karen two years ago. Karen left the office. Jean left the office because this is how Jean is. I mean, Jean is an awesome minister of God. If you guys listen on the tapes, his his revelation is really strong. And, and the Lord gave him all these visions to teach the word of God out of worship. And they, isn't that an awesome vision, how you have to grow up with Christ in you? And the bottom row is the people that know that they have dominion. If you're in the bottom row, you know every word you speak. If it's of God, it's going to perform and produce what it was set out to do. He leaves the office one day, and next you know, he comes back with Karen. And he had a Range Rover that he wanted to sell, and something told him to take it to, where did you work? CarMax. CarMax, to get it priced. Gene yes. is not going to sell his car time. <laughs> I mean, like, it was kind of, but he felt the unction that led him to go over there. Well, he was assigned her. It was her darkest hour. And before you knew it, Jean ended up ministering to her, bring her here, and it turned her whole life around now into the right movement. Do you know what I mean? And so, see, what God started, God now has to finish. And God has switched everything in her life, getting it onto God's plan and God's order. And we can't mess up with God. We can delay things. That's what I want you to know. If you're not seeking him now, you're just delaying what he already has for you. But the moment you start, I didn't start seeking God till I was 40 years old. I'm 48. And so when I started seeking him, that's eight years of seeking him, right? That's coming along now. And now I'm seeing oh, everything that was held back that he really had. I was already a good real estate agent, already making a lot of money. It's not about money. But it's about peace and renewing the soul and having eternal and abundant life on earth. 
and really doing what you're to be doing in your job. When I switched the gears and left Remax and came to CE Hall, it has been a more successful. Now my success in real estate turned into significance. And we hit an age in our life, come on, we hit an age in our life that you're just like, okay, well, what was I born to do? Because we get born in life working. We got to work. We get our education. We got to make money. We got to support a family. But then there comes a time when those kids grow up. Then there's a time when things change and you're like, well, what was I? Why am I here? You already worked the earth. Now it's time to work for the kingdom. So we either get it when we're younger, but it's okay if you get it when you're older because he catches you up really fast. I look at Rachel and I wish I was, I wish I could go back to Rachel's age and have all this experience that Rachel's got to witness watching my life change and then watching her business grow now. You know what I mean? And watching her gain who her contacts are. Rachel, she's like, mom, I love your contacts, but I want my contacts. <laughs> she's got Preston. You know, she doesn't want to use the lenders. I like, she's like, I like Preston, but see how that's growing. I mean, this is cool. Everybody has to develop. It's the same thing with going out of the kingdom of darkness, going into the kingdom. You lose your old friends and you gain the ones God has for you to connect with for whatever reason, just like with the cleaning company. So I want everybody to leave here uplifted, encouraged. Nobody misses anything. We just delay things. But when you start seeking, at least you know now what things will come up for attack, but don't believe them. Mm -hmm. Don't believe them. So awesome. Praise God. Oh, I'm giving you the mic.